Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast. It is a personal transformation podcast, focusing on improving your life, business, and your relationships. Hosted by Eldin Hassa, a mindset coach, relationship coach, author of a self-help book titled, Are We All Fucked?, which is a step-by-step guide to becoming a best version of yourself. Available on Amazon Worldwide, and also on his website, eldinhasser.com. Eldin is also a spiritual teacher, public speaker, workshop, and seminar facilitator, and a successful property investor and developer, with passion for transforming lives globally for over 15 years. We have over 2 million downloads of our podcast. As a thank you, get a free copy of Eldin's book on his website, eldinhasser.com. Also, we are hosting a free Peak Mindset Masterclass. Get your free ticket on his website, formulaeq.com, or find the link in this podcast. Hurry, seats are limited. Share this podcast with your friends and family and help our mission to empower humanity. Please remind yourself every day how amazingly awesome you already are. Thank you and welcome your amazing host, Eldin Hassa. But you have to figure out a way of doing something that serves another human being because fulfillment comes from service. If there's no service, there's no fulfillment. So doing what you really love in a way that serves ever greater numbers of people so you can be remunerated in a sustainable, fair exchange manner doing what you're absolutely inspired to do is the key to a very fulfilled life. And it doesn't matter what you're going through if you're depressed right now. I've seen people that are depressed come to my breakthrough experience and we structure this and their lives are shifted. The essence of our existence is that love. And I think that as Plato says, love is for its own reward. You have the fulfillment just by loving people and loving yourself. And you're not going to love yourself trying to get rid of half of yourself. Welcome, everyone, to the Human Experience Podcast. This is your host, Eldin Hassa. I am in London, England, as you know. And my guest today is from United States, Dr. John DiMartini. Uh, Dr. John, he is an expert in human behavior. He's a researcher. He's a multiple published author. And, and he is actually considered as one of the world's leading authorities on human behavior leadership. And he's published, I think, over 40 books. He's the founder of Di Martini Institute. I would like to welcome you, Dr. Di Martini, if you could kindly come on and introduce yourself to our audience in your own words so we can dive deeper into your wisdom, into inspiring story, what led you to be where you are today? Welcome. Okay. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you. You know, I, my, who I am is simply a teacher. I've been teaching for over 48 years. I've been researching anything and everything I can get my hands on that could assist people in maximizing their awareness and potential and fulfill what's deeply meaningful to them. I travel the world and speak most of the time, and I'm researching and writing in between that. And I've been doing that since I was 17, 18 years old. So I've been doing it a bit. I'm 67 almost. So I've been doing it for a long time. Wow, that is wonderful. And I know you have many inspiring stories and a lot of wisdom. Uh, and as you said, you've been uh, traveling around the world speaking, but also you're very humble. I mean, you're not just speaking, you've been hosting these sort of seven day events and a lot of training, a lot of workshops. 
and it's it's very inspiring you know you have literally single-handedly transformed millions of lives around the world positively well that's been my dream i i had a dream when i was 1718 i say 1718 because it's a week before my 18th birthday um to travel the world and to teach i had learning problems as a child and i didn't read till i was 18 and it was that 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 week before my 18th birthday that i met an amazing teacher that inspired me into believing that i could overcome my learning problems and someday become intelligent and i couldn't think of anything else i'd rather do than learn how to read and teach and be somehow intelligent so i went on a journey i had to start by reading a dictionary and memorizing words until my vocabulary was strong enough so i could learn to read and i had dyslexia i was told in first grade i would never be able to read or write never be able to communicate never amount to thing never go very far in life so i assumed that was going to be my my outcome in life until i met a teacher right a week before my 18th birthday that inspired me to think maybe i could do more than that i maybe i could be intelligent and i went on a journey and i once i learned how to read i never stopped i've been reading every single day 7 days a week since 1972 <laughs> i just love learning and sharing and and so i just i've been blessed that people are receptive to hear what i have to say and and i've spoken in 154 countries and done an average of 300 to 350 presentations a year all these years and i just uh do as many things as i can podcasts webinars seminars radio television magazines newspapers yeah i think i write now for 1500 magazines and newspapers around the world so i just constantly am researching and writing i do whatever i can to try to disseminate information that might be of assistance to people that is very very inspiring and again you know um you say you do what you can to to help the humanity but uh you know you have been doing it for a number of years now for many decades and yeah, I'm, hoping, say, i'm hoping to learn i'm hoping to learn how to do it well <laughs> i just keep doing it <laughs> you do some i always say if you do something long enough sooner or later the people around you die out you end up at the top you just got to keep going <laughs> never start to oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, wonderful wonderful so um I guess you've been in London, England many times and done sort of workshops and teachings in in the UK yes, as well. Yes. I love being in London. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, and you know, you have you have published number of number of books and you know, as you say you are the expert on human behavior. So, can we dive a little bit more into that? What is the um why do people do what they do? and what is stopping them to follow through to improve to change their behavior and ultimately change their life improve their well-being their relationships you know all the important things in life is including their health a great question every human being regardless of age or culture or gender lives by a set of priorities a set of values and whatever's highest on their value on the list of values things that are really most important and meaningful they spontaneously are inspired to act on it they don't require extrinsic motivation to get them to do it so there is where they're disciplined reliable and focused but as you go down the list of values they progressively become more extrinsically active which means you need to get some sort of reward to do it or punishment if you don't do it to get them to do it so 
Motivation is a symptom, never a solution for humanity. It's a sign that they're not engaged in what's deeply meaningful. And what I love doing is helping people find out what they really value and to structure their life according to priority. Because whenever they're doing something that's really high in their values, their self-worth goes up, their confidence goes up, they walk their talk, they don't limp their lives. They emerge as a spontaneous leader. They expand their space and time horizons. They become more resilient and adaptable to change. And they have a yearning to want to do it spontaneously in a way that fulfills the, the, the values of other people. And so they solve problems. They're philanthropic more so. But when people are doing something that's low in the values, they're uninspired. They don't have fulfillment. And then they activate their amygdala and go into immediate gratification mode. And they want a quick fix instead of a you know contribute to a massive solution. And immediate gratification usually costs us people's lives. Long-term vision pays. So many people subordinate to the influence of other people, compare themselves to other people, put people on pedestals around them, minimize themselves, inject their values, and then try to be somebody they're not. And then become second class at being somebody else instead of first class at being themselves. And it's so important to identify what's really important to you, really valuable to you, and give yourself permission to shine, not shrink, and stand on the shoulders of giants, not in the shadows of anyone. And, and lead the way from your heart in a way that contributes. I've said on the movie, The Secret, many years ago, when the voice and the vision on the inside is louder than all opinions on the outside, you begin to master your life. You don't need to be victim of history. You can be master of destiny by living congruently and authentically according to what you value most and to prioritize your life. If you fill your day with high-priority actions that really inspire you, you don't have to fill your day with low-priority distractions that don't. So it's taking command and living by design, not by duty and, and subordinating to the conformity of the average. Being extraordinary is what your destiny is capacity for. So I help people identify what they value most and so structure their life so they can live in by priority and their self-worth goes up and their confidence goes up and their contribution goes up by doing so. Everybody has the capacity to do it. And it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've been through or what you've gone through. What matters is, are you gonna now live by priority, your life changes. I've seen it happen thousands and thousands of cases. Living by design, living by design. That's beautiful. And if I could ask you to sort of dive a little bit deeper into, because uh, on my podcast, my listeners and viewers love sort of some practical, actionable steps. So imagine a scenario, there is a, a young person, sort of 18 to 21 year old, who just tells me I don't feel inspired. I just don't have will for life, you know, love for living and everything is boring. I try a bit of this and I double into that and into this. And they more sort of engaged into, as you say, the distraction, the quick fix, the dopamine activation, you know, through, I don't know, watching something, entertainment, social media. So how, and, and even if you approach them and say, okay, so let's go through the list of what your values are. And, you know, their values, they don't even know how to put them down on paper. So what are some actionable steps that some of those people could try to apply in order to get into identifying their values and then also begin to live by design and take action? That's a great question. On my website, drdmartini.com, there is a value determination process that's free that will take about 30 minutes of their time. 
maybe 40, um, that's private that I would encourage anybody to go through. And what's on there is a list of 13 value determinant questions that I've observed. I've been studying values and teaching them for over 43 years. And um, if you ask somebody what their values are, they'll mostly say what they think it should be. They'll tell yeah. you social idealism. They'll say, well, honesty and truth and peace and all, that, all this stuff. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in what your life demonstrates, not what you say. So what I do is that the questions that you'll do on this website is how do you fill your space? Because something's really valuable you keep around you. Something isn't you discard. What do you fill your space with? What is it really, what, what do you keep within your personal and intimate space? And what does it represent? What is its primary use? That tells you what you value. Like I keep a computer so I can do my teaching, my research and my writing. It's in front of me all day. How do you spend your time? You make time, find time, spend time on things that are really valuable. You run out of time for things that aren't. You don't want to spend time on something that's not valuable to you. So how do you consistently spend your time? What do you consistently fill your space with? And what's its primary use? The third one is what energizes you? Because whatever is high in your value, your energy goes up when you're doing it and your energy goes down when you're doing lower value things. So what energizes you? I'm sure you going on your podcast is an energizer, um, but maybe taking and cleaning a house isn't. So, you know, I'm, I research and teaching is an energizer for me, but cooking is not. So I don't do that. I delegate. I learn to delegate anything that's low in my values and only do the things that are high and allow me to excel in where I excel. The fourth one is what do you spend your money on most? You always make money, find money, spend money on things that are valuable to you. You run out of money for things that aren't. You don't want to spend money on things that aren't. So where is your money really going? Is it going to investments? Is it going to education? Is it going into your clothes and looks? Is it going to travel? You know, what is it really going to? That tells you what you value. The next one is what is it you are most organized in? Because things that are high in your values, you bring order to. Things that are low in your values, you bring disorder to. And the next one is what is it you are incredibly disciplined in that spontaneously do that nobody has to remind you to do. It's an intrinsic value. It's an intrinsic drive. What is that? Mine's teaching and research. I don't have to be reminded. I've been doing it for 48 years. Do it every single day. So find out what it is that you spontaneously do that you're incredibly disciplined on that inspires. The next one is what are you thinking about? And the next one is what are you visualizing about? And the third one is the next one is what are you talking to yourself about most about how you would really love your life to be that is showing evidence of coming true? If there's no evidence, it's, it's fantasy. And if it's not what you really want, um, then it's not what you're striving for. So what is it you think about, visualize, and internally talk to yourself about, about how you would love your life that shows evidence coming true? I think about teaching around the world. I visualize myself doing so. My internal dialogue is that I'm an international professional speaker, traveling the world, inspiring millions of people. So those are what's real, and those are what's coming true. The next one is, what do you keep wanting to talk to other people about most consistently? And if you get into a conversation, you lead the conversation to what's important to you. How's your kids? How's your golf game? How's your investments? How's your business? How's your health? What do you keep wanting to talk about? And the next one is, what inspires you and brings a tear of inspiration when you see people doing it to excellence or that you get to do it? What is it that inspires you? You know, studying the great philosophers and learning great material that could make a contribution to people brings tears to minds. What is it that brings tears to your eyes of inspiration and gratitude? 
And the next one is what is the most consistent, persistent goals that you have been pursuing that you have true evidence that you're making progress on? Not fantasies that have no evidence, but real evidence on real goals that you've been persevering on, because obviously those are important to you. And the last one is what do you spontaneously want to read about, learn about, study about, and inculcate, watch on YouTube? What's the common theme that you keep wanting to fill your mind with? Because you always want to learn what's important to you. And find the answers that reiterate the top three answers for each of those questions that reiterate themselves. And I've been doing this for 43 years, and it's, it's a goldmine. It's being used now in institutions, educations, and governments, and corporations. It's used by individuals to help them define really where they're going to excel. Then once we put that into a priority, because online it does it, it organizes the priority. Now you ask yourself this question. What is the highest priority action I can do today to fulfill that? And you want to start living by priority. Because if you do, your self-worth goes up, your confidence goes up, your belief in yourself goes up, your energy goes up, your inspiration goes up. I, I did a thing many years ago. I wrote down um, Mary Kay from Mary Kay Cosmetics, who I used to speak for, uh, asked me to, when I asked her, what advice could you give a young aspiring speaker traveling the world? She said, Every day, write down the six or seven highest priority actions you can think of that would help you fulfill your dreams. And so I did that every single day. And I also did my value determination process. And they came to the exact same conclusions. And it became research, write, travel, teach. So if I teach every day, I research and write every day, and I'm willing to travel, I get to do what I love doing most. And I narrowed it down to that. And I found the common denominators and the the highest priorities are the highest priorities, the highest priorities. And then I delegated everything else away. I don't do anything else. I'm, I'm uh, useless everywhere else. And I, I, I don't cook and I don't drive and I don't do administrative work. I don't do anything except what I am the greatest at. And that is researching, writing, traveling, and teaching. And I, when you do that, you get a very grateful life because you're doing what you love. You're getting handsomely paid to do it. But you have to figure out a way of doing something that serves another human being because fulfillment comes from service. If there's no service, there's no fulfillment. So doing what you really love in a way that serves ever greater numbers of people so you can be remunerated in a sustainable, fair exchange manner, doing what you're absolutely inspired to do is the key to a very fulfilled life. And it doesn't matter what you're going through if you're depressed right now. I've seen people that are depressed come to my breakthrough experience and we structure this and their lives are shifted. So because if they're focused on their own pity party, instead of focusing on being of contribution, they're, they're designed to not feel well because they're not living wisely. But once you start living wisely, your body rallies, your physiology and psychology rallies. So if you don't fill your day with high priority actions that inspire you, your, your day is designed to fill up with low priority distractions. It's designed as a feedback to make sure you're not doing something foolish with your life. It's doing something that serves and is magnificent with your life. It's a beautiful physiology giving you feedback to let you know, stick to what works, stick to the priorities. Beautifully explained, uh, stick to what works. And I could see that in what you just told us, that the emphasis is falling in love with relentless improvement and also learning, studying, working on your craft. So now this young person, again, hypothetically 18 to 21, it's saying, but I don't know what to do. I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what I want to, I feel like I have this energy. I want to pour into something, but I don't know what that something is. 
Well, what, what, what they say, I mean, I've, I've been teaching the Breakthrough Experience, my signature program, 1,122 times, 66 countries for the last 32 plus years. I hear that every week. Every week people try to tell me that, and I call it BS. Everybody knows what they, in their heart they want to do, but what they have is the fear that I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not going to be successful at doing it. I'm going to lose money doing it, or I'm not going to make money doing it. I'm going to get rejected by my loved ones if I do it. I'm going to get rejected by people in society. Who the hell are you? And what do you think you are? You're going to end up thinking you don't have the energy or vitality of it, or you're going to think it's not morally right according to somebody else's value system that you're subordinating to. As long as you subordinate to people on the outside and, and put them on a pedestal and think they know better than you, you're going to inject their values. You're going to confuse yourself about what you know inside your heart you want to do. So don't lie to yourself saying you don't know. Just face the fears that you're, do, you're dealing with. And the fears are letting you know that you're trying to be somebody you're not. They're trying to let you know that that path, trying to be like everybody else and trying to imitate them, envy them, is not the answer. So what happens is if you try to go and pursue something that's not you, and it's not really, really important to you, you'll self-defeat, you'll end up procrastinating, and then you'll wonder about yourself. And those are all symptoms that the path you're going on and you're thinking that you want to do, isn't it? But finding the path that is inspires you and giving yourself permission to pursue it. And you know what? So what if you fall down? When you're doing something that's really deeply meaningful, if you fall down, you get back up again. But if you're going after something that's not really meaningful, you're afraid to fall down. And if you do, you want to give up. That's a sign that's not it. When it's something that's really important to you, you love refining yourself. You love uh, figuring out, okay, I learned that. You know, it's like Edison. I, I had a thousand ways it didn't build a, a light bulb, but I got to the final light bulb. But he didn't stop because he was committed to the outcome. Finding what that, that highest value is, is the first step. That's why I have it on the website. It's free. I hope people take advantage of it because it will make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Edison said, I found 1,000 ways they didn't work. So I no. didn't fail. And I think a lot of people, you know, young people, or even people sort of our age, uh, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, they might say that, you know, if I do something and I fail at something, I'm a failure. So it's also the language at the beginning of the podcast you mentioned is how you communicate. What is your language? What do you say to yourself internally and externally? And I think also this is very, very important that the, the awareness, the consciousness of how people think, how people feel, how people communicate, how they, ex you know, what actions they take daily. And because of that distraction mechanisms in place, they are sort of living on autopilot, sort of like a hamster on a hamster wheel. So how does one break those habits which could potentially be detrimental to their mental and physical health and you know to to achieving their objectives in life how could one break those patterns and start implementing some new patterns which could benefit well, them you know if you continue doing what you're doing you're going to continue getting what you got it's a basic common sense thing you know it's amazing I, I had a woman that was uh telling me she was really depressed and she was down and she was this and wanted to run her story. And I said, you know, I have no interest in your story. Stop the story. Stop the story. It's a waste of time. So tell me how you feel. So right now, if, if Brad Pitt or George Clooney or somebody that you fantasize walked in the door right now, could you get your, get your life together all of a sudden to, to greet them? And she goes, well, yeah. I said, if you have the power to do it because you think they're important enough to do it for 
if you think yourself is important enough to do it, you can do it for yourself. I said, imagine if all of a sudden they came in, would you be sitting there telling about how down and depressed you are? Or would you get your stuff together in front of them? Well, I'd be different. I said, well, then let's imagine that you're meeting you and you're that way. I said, you can change your state at any time. It's just a matter of changing your, your behavior. Take command of it and start filling it with the things that are working. Because if, if you keep doing what you're doing and expect a different result, it ain't going to happen. But if you start doing the things that actually work, if you stop and ask, what is the most important thing I can do that makes a difference in people's lives and you focus on serving somebody, you're not focused on how your problems are. You're focused on service. And that gets you out of the problem. <laughs> if I, if I fill my day with, a, with serving people on podcasts and writing and doing things that's contributing and writing articles, stuff like that, as long as I'm doing that, do I even worry about my life? I don't have time to even think about it. And what happens is I have the solution orientation and I don't end up with all the problems because my day is filled with solutions instead of problems. And it's amazing what happens. Solving problems for other people is a solution to solving your own problem. <laughs> Absolutely. But also what I've actually um, seen in, in your entire life since, you know, just before your 18th birthday, you got inspired. That was that one teacher who helped you to get you inspired in spirit from Latin, right? And so I've been teaching for over 15 years myself. So what I say to people that depression, and actually this is Nobel Prize winning scientists have confirmed that depression isn't actually an illness. The right. clinical depression isn't actually illness. It's something you are going through And it's not that you have a hormonal imbalance in your brain. It's actually you're going through something. So it's not, you are not it. But what people do, you know, this old fashioned medical diagnosis where, you know, they give them 15 minute consultation. They put the label on them. You are bipolar. You are depressed. Now the person goes home and say, okay, now I know what's wrong with me. And now I'm going to use that for the rest of my life to excuse myself not to move from where I am to where I want to be. So you said it so beautifully. I always say depression is a comparison of your current reality to a fantasy and an unrealistic expectation you're holding on to. If you get grounded in what expectation, anytime you try to live outside your own highest values, you're going to be depressed. Anytime you expect somebody else to live outside their highest values, you're going to be angry. Anger and aggression, blame and betrayal, criticism and challenge, despair and depression, desire to exit and escape, futility and frustration, desire to have grouchiness and grief, hatred and hurt and irritation and insanity are a byproduct of expecting human beings to be living outside what they value. And a lot of the depression is just a feedback mechanism to try to guide you to live authentically. That's Absolutely. it. It's not a disease. It's people, the pharmaceutical industry wants you to believe that it's some sort of biochemical imbalance, but the biochemical imbalance is a byproduct of ratios of perceptions that are imbalanced because you're expecting yourself to live in somebody else's life and somebody else's fantasy instead of ground yourself on the magnificence of what's happening in this moment. If you Absolutely. can find out how what's happening right now and how is it helping you get what your dream is, you, everything is on the way, not in the way. So I would say the quality of your life is based on the quality of the question, Jess. How specifically is whatever is happening to me right now, how is it helping me get my dream? And answer that and find the answer to that. You'd be surprised how You are now inspired to get whatever's happening and use it to your advantage and turn things into opportunities. So I, I, uh, I don't let people run their stories and play victims of history. I, I find that that's, they need a good spanking around that. That's ridiculous. I they, see. I agree. In your life and live by design and start prioritizing it and give yourself permission to, to, to do something with it. But it isn't going to be fulfilling unless you're doing a high priority action that's deeply meaningful to you that serves another person. Put those three together and you change your life.
Absolutely, absolutely. I totally, totally agree. And, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of sort of lose themselves into that, you know, they can't wait to meet another person so they can tell them their story. So they have a story about money, about health, about everything. So stories, right? So the so first thing I say to them, enough with the stories. If you want your life to change, you have to start telling a different story. Yeah. What would it look like to be successful? What would it look like to to be able to speak in front of 500 people? You know, a lot of people have fear of public speaking, right? Whether they are recording a video or they are on stage or webinar, they have those fears, right? Public speaking. So I said, what if you begin to envisage what would it look like? The frontal lobe question, right? What would it look like that I am doing this successfully? So now you feel inspired. Now you're in the present moment. You are not in that state because that's another thing I want to talk to you about or I would like you to talk to our audience about. You know, you mentioned the anger, the resentment, the blame, the shame, the guilt and all those negative emotions which we experience in our body. Those are also being mentally rehearsed. Now our body is the body of fear. Our body is so it's now it's going to go into panic mode without even our brain being involved because it's been rehearsed. So now, and obviously the, the energy required, because I know you have expertise in law of attraction and manifestation. So what state, what energy does one need to be in, in order to manifest things, in order to create the life of their dreams? Well, that, that's very simple. Living by priority is the same thing because the pulmonary nuclei of the thalamus, which is a subcortical dinocephalonic state, it automatically filters all sensory information that you're aware of in your reality according to what you value most. So if you have a very high value on children, you'll spot children's things in the mall. If you have a high value on entrepreneurship, you'll see entrepreneur things in the mall. You're going to filter your reality. You're going to make decisions and actions that are based on what you value. If you live congruent by what you value, you maximize your awareness, your decisions, and your actions. And you're disciplined. You're not having to, you don't procrastinate. But as second, you try to be somebody you're not. You're designed to have those negativities. Those negativities aren't bad. What they are is they're feedback mechanisms to let you know that you're pursuing a path that isn't authentic. That's all. It's just, it's just trying to tell you, you're off track, dude. Use those as, as vehicles to get you back on track. Because the second you're on track, you're inspired by what you're doing. And you're getting a result and you're making progress. And then you're inspired and you're exemplifying what's possible for people. And then you get responses back and it's fulfilling. And you go, wow, I'm making a difference. My life changed. It's based on priority. If you, if you every day ask yourself, what is the highest priority action I can do today that would make the greatest difference with the resources I have to make the biggest contribution and stick to that every day, you'd be surprised what your life feels like. And if you ask yourself, how can I get handsomely paid to do that so I don't have Monday morning blues and Wednesday hump days and thank God it's Fridays and week friggin' ends, I'm doing what I love and I'm getting paid for it. So I build momentum and I'm now valuing myself and wanting to invest in myself and I'm building abundance in my life. Otherwise, I'm going to be basically wanting to escape a drudgery so I can spend my money on uh, consumables that depreciate in value and be trapped and then have to go back to the job I hate. And that's what many people do. They don't realize that if they don't take actions on what's deeply meaningful that serves people, that gets paid for it, you're holding themselves back in life. So yeah, if you ask, what's the highest priority I can do today? How do I get handsomely paid to do it? Uh, what obstacles might I run into? And how do I solve in advance and mitigate the risk with the forebrain? And what is, uh, what's working and what's not working? And how do I do it more effectively tomorrow? 
And how did, no matter what happened, how did it help me get what I want? If you ask those questions, the quality of your life changes. Well, there is a lot of contemplation and a lot of evaluation, perhaps journaling, some other perhaps um, have positive habits that one can utilize to get to some of those answers to begin to process. But what I can see is the consistency. Consistency is the key of the application. And as you say, identifying your values is probably the number one priority on your to-do list if you are just starting for the very, very first time. And yeah, that's brilliant, brilliant. And, and, uh, ask, and, yourself, and ask yourself on a daily basis, what worked, what didn't work today? What yeah. inspired me, what didn't? What, what, what allowed me to fulfill a service to people and what didn't? And to be surprised. You know, I, I, I was asking, I was speaking at a church one time and, I, and I, they asked me to speak on prosperity, right? It's kind of like a okay. broad, big generality thing. And I said, if you're not abundantly wealthy, it's because you're not caring about human beings. And then they, they, they're just, they first thing went, huh? and, I, and I, I, said, I said, yeah, because if you actually cared about another human being, you would go out of your way to try to find a way of it directly or indirectly meeting their needs and serving those individuals and the moment you're doing that, you're not looking at your problems, you're looking at the solutions. And when you do that, you feel great about yourself when you make a difference. And everybody goes, well, that's true. I said, I wonder what would happen if you did that at two greater numbers of people and you had to love for humanity. I wonder how much abundance you could have in your life. And it stopped him in thinking about it. I said, but if you're sitting there wallowing in your own stuff and, and expecting money to come out of the air and living entitled and basically not really focusing on serving and not developing your skills and talents and attitude to help do that, what do you expect in life? Life is going to give you exactly what you contribute. Yeah, and you also the you deserve. Yeah, the universe is only going to give you what you believe you are worthy of receiving. Yeah, and but you don't feel worthy of if you don't can make a contribution. People that expect something for nothing, they don't feel well. They don't feel yeah. fulfilled. Yeah, absolutely. And also, what I re recognized in in a lot of people is that they don't understand when we. Um, you know, go after looking for the random acts of kindness to help humanity, to help another, maybe help the neighbor, you know, in, in many cities, in many countries, because this podcast is in over 100 countries. And so in many countries and many cities around the world, people are maybe still in a lockdown. So what I say to people, you know, those moments that you can go outside if you want to feel better about yourself, go knock knock on the neighbor's door, maybe some elderly people who are a bit frail and say, can I go to the pharmacy on your behalf? Can I go to get grocery shopping? This little act of kindness is going to make you feel better about yourself. And you start and this is and you build that muscle of feeling better about yourself slowly slowly you begin to fill your cup from self with self-love now your cup is full and overflowing now you can go out there and contribute yes that's it you know it, incremental momentum building acts that in that contribute to people's lives transform people's lives and transform absolutely. your own life absolutely so yeah every single day you ask I, I, I think the same question is, what is the highest priority action I can do today that will serve the greatest number of people in the most efficient, effective manner with the resources I have today? Do that. Watch what exactly. happens. Exactly. And the momentum is another thing that um, I'd like to ask your expertise. 
based on your research, based on your teaching? Because a lot of people, what I say to people, when you first start doing these things, whether it's a new business or whatever it is, you're trying to change the habits from negative to positive habits. It's like pushing the vehicle, pushing the car, which run out of fuel. And it's very hard. It's like, it weighs like two tons. And why do a lot of people give up in that first few uh, feet, few yards of pushing that car to gain the momentum? When we live in our highest values, our space and time horizons expand because we're walking our talk and we're getting a result and we keep building momentum. The second we live in lower values and try to be somebody we're not, the space and time horizons shrink and we move towards the immediate gratifying desire center of the amygdala for a quick fix. And people that want a quick fix don't have a great life. They end up addicts. They have, uh, they have to hit bottom before they get their lessons. But people that are doing incrementally activities that keep building momentum towards something that's deeply meaningful, those are the people that eventually have legacies on the planet. Leave a legacy. Make a difference that leaves a legacy. So it's living in the executive function, the frontal brain, as you called it, Living there is where inspired vision is, strategic planning is, foresight, um, you know, that you have self-governance. That area of the brain governs the amygdala, calms it down, mitigates that, and, and allows it to, uh, you know, not distract you and allows you to focus on something deeply meaningful consistently. So finding the thing that you love doing and becoming master at it and gaining specialized knowledge in it is very, very valuable because it builds a, a confidence factor and, and then you magnetize. Anytime you're living wisely and authentically, people are magnetized to you because they want to be that way too. You're exemplifying it. So more people there to help you. The people, places, things, ideas, and events that synchronize with your innermost dominant thought becomes the key to your outermost tangible reality transformation. So you, you automatically transform the world by being authentic. Absolutely. Definitely values. We keep going back to values, 100% agree. And also when you begin to ask these right questions, instead of the question, why me? Why is this happening to me? You start asking the questions, what would it look like? The, the highest priority value that I can make a contribution, that I can serve others. And then you actually immediately transfer, you know, your thought process, your mindset, your emotional state. But also science has proven that in the brains, um, the, we shut the, the, those receptors for fear, for, you know, anger, for all the negative emotions. When we begin to ask these questions, when we yeah. go into that state, and as you say, we become a magnet, we magnetize, we become like a vortex, we attract everything and you know i talk about in my workshops and in my seminars about this and i tell people the coincidences the serendipities the synchronicities and you know they go up i i magnetized this podcast recording with dr di martini that's exactly. how it happened you i know, magnetized many many years ago i watched a movie by the great houdini the the uh, you know the escape artist and yes and he was performing at the Palladium in London. And it was packed, 2,000 people. And royalty was in the upper left balcony. And he did the water torture chamber where he goes in and he hangs upside down and he's shackled and he's, and he's chained. And they, they put him into water in a glass enclosed water system. And he's got to figure out how to escape and get out of the chamber in front of people. 
And he did this amazing thing in Escape, and he and it, and it blew everybody's mind. And and at the end, he's standing there with his hands up in the air, and he's bowing like this, and getting a standing ovation, and bowing to royalty. And he's and I saw that view, and I thought, wow. And I put my picture in that view. I snapshotted that picture of the video and put my picture there. I said, someday I want to speak at that location on that stage in front of two thousand people with royalty. In two thousand and seven. I had invited to the Palladium, 2,000 people, royalty in the upper left balcony, and at the very end, when I saw, I saw the, the 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 crowd, I bowed exactly in the same position, the same way, and I had tears in my eyes. I said, "Your innermost dominant thought, your innermost dominant vision, if you stay with it and think of that and focus on that, becomes your reality." I manifested that reality. And I know, and I got tears in my eyes because I was there looking at Houdini in my mind, and here it is now in reality. And people don't realize the power of their mind, what they say to themselves, what they see for themselves, what they think about themselves, how they feel about themselves, and the actions they take on a daily basis can transform their destiny. And it's just a matter of taking command and living by design instead of duty and subordinating to the whims of the distracting world around that imposes their projected values based on what they want in life and scatter you to the winds instead of focusing you on fire with an enthusiasm that's unstoppable. Yes, enthusiasm from Greek, in theos, uh, God within you. So, God within. Yeah, God, God within, and you get inspired, being in spirit. So everything else, which is not making you feel inspired not making you feel enthusiastic it's time to revisit back to the drawing board and look at the blueprint that you follow daily exactly delegate if you don't delegate lower priority things you'll be trapped doing desperation but if yeah. you i don't do anything except research write travel teach that's it i delegated everything else i haven't driven a car like i said in 30 32 years i don't uh, cook since i was 24 I delegate everything. No, no, don't do administrator. I don't do anything out there that I once did. Once I found a way of delegating it, I stuck to what I am the greatest at. You want to find the one thing that you're the greatest at and, and consistently do that and master that, build momentum as a leader in that and delegate the rest away. And people say, well, I can't afford to delegate. You can't afford not to. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, because if you're not delegating, you're trapped doing low priority things that devalue you in the world. And when you devalue you, so does the world. And the world is going to give you feedback if you don't value yourself and prioritize your life and live by what's authentic. And your highest value is what your identity revolves around. My highest value is teaching. My identity is a teacher. If my highest value is cooking, it'd be a cook. But if yeah. you don't feel that and get clear about that and allow yourself to pursue that, you're designed to have a frustrating life to let you know you're off track. You're not being true to yourself. And you said so many times that, you know, those things are actually, you have to embrace them because they are just feed, feedback mechanisms in place yeah. to tell you that what what's not working. But a lot of people shy away from that. They're kind of scared. They go and drink maybe a bit too much alcohol, take some drugs, uh, eat sort of emotional eating to stay away from those feelings because they think they're going to kill them. Like if I feel, if I actually observe these negative emotions within me, somehow I'm going to die. So I might as well go numb the pain then, yes. then actually. But, but if you don't fill your day with fulfilling things, you're going to try to fulfill it with food and you're going to yes. look for immediate gratification. The amygdala wants, wants fantasy. It wants infatuation. It wants to be proud of its own fantasy. It wants 
sugar. It wants alcohol. It wants, it wants all the addictive compounds. If you let the amygdala rule your life, you're not going to do something that's going to make a difference in the world. You're going to be basically run by the world around you instead of run from within. And I always say, why, why invest in these overpriced brands around when you, we can build a, pr- a brand of your own. It's something that's contributing. Why Absolutely. spend money over there and then make yourself fortunate, non-fortunate when you can build a fortune inside by doing something that's meaningful that other people are going to want to invest in? Absolutely. And also, then if you are doing that, you're not going to be spending eight hours a day on social media, scrolling endlessly, aimlessly on your phone, or maybe watching, binge watching on Netflix, some useless sitcoms, whatever, uh, just to fill the gap, to fill the time. So, yes. Now, if you have, if you have um, time for that, you have time to serve. You could be absolutely. serving a lot of people during that time. Absolutely. I don't have time for that. I delegate everything. I don't, I just do my researching and writing and teaching. That's it. I don't do anything else. I don't, brilliant, uh, brilliant. when I, I, when I put stuff on media, I will write something and I'll give it to my teams. They'll do that. But I don't sit there and, and keep on days on, on that and watch people. Yeah, on media. Yeah, of course. I don't do that. If, if you have time for that, you're not doing your mission. Those with yes. a mission have a message. Those with a mission and, vi- and message have a vision and they're fulfilling their vision and sharing their message. They don't have time for trivia. They want to get onto something that's meaningful. Brilliant. Brilliant. Now I know you've published a number of books Is there a latest book that you would like uh, our audience to know about? The latest book, um, I'm doing a lot of textbooks. So I haven't done a lot of self-help books in the last few years, but a lot of other bigger textbooks. But the the book that's probably going to be most meaningful is The Values Factor. And it talks about how to identify your values and empower all seven areas of your life by those values and structure your life where you are doing what you love on a daily basis. Any area of your life you don't empower, people are going to overpower. If you don't empower yourself intellectually, you'll be told what to think. If you don't empower yourself in business, you'll be told what to do. If you don't empower yourself in finance, you'll be told what you're worth. If you don't empower yourself in relation, you'll be doing honeydew things around the house you hate. If you're not empowered socially, you're going to be told propaganda and misinformation, and you're going to believe it, and you're going to be distracted by all that social media stuff. If you don't empower yourself physically, you'll be told what drugs to take and what organs to remove. And if you don't empower yourself spiritually, you'll be told some sort of dogma that's antiquated. You have to empower yourself if you want to have lead the way of your own life. You want to be a prophet of your own destiny, right? Well, you're, you're the one that's the, the wise individual knowing your own pathway and following it instead of letting other people push you around like an ant in a, in a field trying to find a morsel of food. You want to basically grab the abundance of what's possible by designing your life the way you want it. That's wonderful. And I want to talk quickly because I know we're sort of uh, running out of time and, you, you know, you're busy with your appointments. You are big on gratitude. You've written books on gratitude. You've been teaching about gratitude. Um, why is gratitude so important as an active practice daily? Well, when you're living in your highest values and you're fulfilling what you do, you feel so grateful for your life. It's just a natural thing. And so I always say gratitude is the key that opens up the gateway of the heart. Inside the heart's love, love for yourself, love for life, love for humanity. And when you do, when love comes radiating out, it window washes the minds and brings inspiration, the spirit within, and then brings enthusiasm to the body. And it makes you more certain and more present and you makes you more effective as a human being. So gratitude is one of the keys and it clarifies the vision. It takes out the cobwebs and clarifies the vision. And any detail you leave out of your vision is the obstacle you face, but clear vision are the ones that flourish. So gratitude is a thing that starts it off. I was born on Thanksgiving day in, in America. So I was, I, I wow. spend, it's been my main message. My mom told me when I was four, 
make sure you count your blessings because those that are grateful for what they got, they get more to be grateful for. Well, she's accurate. And my book, Count Your Blessings, was made for my mom as a thank you because she taught me that. So, yeah, I was born. Uh, my mom had to eat a turkey sandwich on Turkey Day, Thanksgiving Day in America. I think I've been eating turkey sandwiches ever since. But I, uh, but I think gratitude is the, is the attitude that it takes you to a more expanded awareness and potential in life. And you also said about, you know, by using gratitude, it's you begin to experience the profound sense of unconditional love overflowing from within you. Would you, if I'm understanding correctly, as we are coming from the source descended into this time and space, that we are ultimately, our essence is pure love, pure consciousness. I think you just said it beautifully. I always say at the level of the essence of the soul, nothing's missing in us. There's an abundance of love at the level of the existence of our senses, we think things are missing. It's an apparent illusion that we think things are missing. And the things we think are missing are the things we're too proud or too humble to admit what we see in others inside ourselves. So our deflective awareness and our judgments and our internal strife and internal division within ourselves because we're too proud or too humble to admit is what stops us from recognizing the abundance of love that's there radiating, wanting to come out. And gratitude is a confirmation that you're now letting it out. And it lets you know, I'm now living full. I'm now living truthful. The essence of our existence is that love. And I think that, as Plato says, love is for its own reward. Cahill Gibran said it the same way. You know, it's love is its own reward. You have the fulfillment just by loving people and loving yourself. And you're not going to love yourself trying to get rid of half of yourself. You're going to love yourself by embracing both sides of yourself. The hero, the villain, the saint, the sinner, the virtue, the vice, all parts of yourself. When you can love that, you've got the freedom to be yourself. And I think in a number of texts for thousands of years, they said that love has no polarity. It's actually union of, of, of the, it's the right in the center of yin and yang, of negative and it's positive. It's a synthesis. It's a synthesis and synchronicity of all complementary opposites perceived by the human mind. When we can see them simultaneously and synchronously, uh, we have that coincidence of awareness. We automatically spontaneously radiate gratitude. Grace is a confirmation that we're seeing that there's nothing but love, all else was an illusion. Absolutely. And every time we reaffirm that, we actually get like a, we have this feedback mechanism from outside in that we are on the right path. Because this re-intensifies from within us each day, each day. Yes. It's incredible. And the tear, the tear of inspiration, the tear of inspiration is the confirmation that we're authentic and on our path. Well, in, in, in a lot of times when I do my meditations, which I also been teaching meditation for about 18 years, Kundalini meditation in particular, I had many experiences of a profound sense of bliss and ecstasy and just love on, on another level. It's not love from outside. It's just overflowing from inside. And it would translate into these tears. Cheers. Yes. And I would, I would have a puddle on, on the floor after an hour or two of meditating. And this, you can't uh, comprehend this unless you have experienced it. Yes, I totally understand it. I, I've been using those tears of God, tears of inspiration as my guide for the last 48 years. Yeah, I started brilliant. meditating in 1972 and I found the same thing. And I found it, it's one of the greatest guides. Uh, you know, we sometimes listen to music. We sometimes see prose or a movie or whatever that brings a tear. I always say, whatever brings a tear of inspiration, document the content of your mind at the moment that says, and it will guide you on a path of inspiration. 
That's brilliant. That is, I haven't heard this before. That's brilliant. That's a very good tip for our listeners and our viewers. And I'm mindful of your time. Uh, you know, I respect that you have many appointments and many things to do to make such a tremendous, amazing, positive impact on humanity. I mean, I'm so grateful to have you with us today. In, for audience, if they want to follow you on social media, what is your handle? Where can they find you? I know you, all your books are available on Amazon, Audible, on your website, probably. So where can they find you? The best thing to do is just go to my website, drdmartini.com. And there's the social links from there. Or you can go and just my, just type in my name. I think it's out there. Yeah, <laughs> if you Google of, it, yeah. Yeah, you Google it. You're going to find me a lot of places. You're going to find <laughs> a lot of videos, a lot of free content as well. If they, were, if they just want to spend, like, let's say, a year just with you. For free, learning uh, through podcasts, through your videos, through your courses. You have a lot of material free. If, yes. if they want to change their life, they can actually just spend a year with you learning from you. And then also go to your seminars, to your live seminars in the United States, in the UK, in Canada, wherever you are in the world. Dr. Di Martini is going to be back on the road soon when sort of restrictions get removed. Yeah, you can go on the website and go to just media, find media. And there are thousands of radio, television, newspapers, magazines, and articles and stuff like that. You could, like you say, you'd almost have to be a Buddhist believing in reincarnation just to be able to read all the material that's on there. <laughs> yeah. Keep you busy. So yeah, I'm an educator. I love, I love disseminating information. I've been doing and I know years. you've been contributing to Oprah Winfrey's magazine and her company for a number of years. And I mean, you, you've been collaborating with some of the uh, some of the great people in the industry who are on the same mission, but the underneath of all of it is the unconditional love oozing from within them with a desire to serve humanity. That's it. If, if people can realize that the voice and the vision on the inside, when it's louder than all opinions on the outside and they live an authentic path by priority, amazing things happen. You know, why be second at somebody else when you can be first at being you? The magnificence of who you are is far greater than any fantasies you'll ever impose on yourself. Give yourself permission to shine. Don't even consider shrinking. That's wonderful. That's amazing. And I think that's a wrap. Thank you so much to all the viewers, all the listeners. I love you all uh, from around the world. This is your host, Eldin Hassa. And my guest today is amazing Dr. Dimartini. Please go to his website, Google it, YouTube it, share this podcast, share this video. And I see you in the next show. Thank you so much, Dr. Di Martini. Thank was you. Great interview. It was fun. We, 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 we have a lot of love for humanity.